0: is down to their final out now. Now up to Christian Yelich. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Brewers Podcast. We're in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. The Brewers finished the season 95 and 67. You know, we we clinched the division with a long way to go, so we were able to sit some of our guys, line up our starters, get them all healthy. We're going to do a playoff preview for you guys. We have a great show for you today. We're going to dive into the stats. Uh, We're really going to tell you guys what to keep an eye on, what to look for going forward because the Brewers have a chance to win a World Series and the road to the playoffs starts Friday. So I'm joined today by my co-host Alex Eichstead. Alex, how are you doing? KJ, doing great. Brewers fans, it's playoff time and that's always an amazing feeling. Brewers in the playoffs, the city shuts down. All eyes on the the Brew Crew right now, and Friday, Saturday, Monday, that's what it's going to be. We have about a little stretch here to kind of amp up for the game, and I'm excited to break down the Braves a bit today, but uh, feeling really good about our chances against the Braves. So excited to join the podcast, and thanks for having me. Exactly. So just to give you guys a little snapshot of the playoff picture, the Cardinals will play the Dodgers in the wild card round. We know how hot the Cardinals were, the Brewers— Uh, It feels good to break their streak, you know, streak snappers, whether it's the Bucs breaking the Warriors' streak, whether it's the Brewers breaking the Cardinals' streak. It's just one of those things that if you have to knock off a hot team, it's good to know you can do it. But the Cardinals are going to play the Dodgers, and one of those teams is going to be very, very, very sad, whether it's the fans, whether it's the organization top to bottom. There's going to be some heartbreak involved, and the winner will play the Giants. So it's almost like that's beneficial in itself uh because the Brewers are playing the Braves. In other news in the American League, if you guys are general baseball fans, the Yankees are playing the Red Sox Tuesday night in an epic wild card showdown. You know, we're not fans of the Red Sox. We're not fans of the Yankees, but we are fans of must see TV, and that's going to be must see TV. Similar to the Cardinals and Dodgers, one of those fan bases, the Yanks or the Red Sox, are really going to have a tough time when they wake up Wednesday morning. This is what it's all about playoff baseball. You know, it's a long season. We're back to a 162 game season after a weird year, the year prior. And, you know, this is what you train for. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. But now in the playoffs, you can start to see managers like Craig Council, uh, really every manager across the board, treat these games like they are must win because they are, you know, whether it's a one game wild-card playoff, whether it's the first, you know, best of five, the first team to three in the first round. And then it gets to the round, uh, the seven game series. It's a little unique compared to other sports, but the, the theme remains the same. You know it's must win. It's you have to win, and uh, the Brewers are in great position to do that. So uh, we're going to do a deep dive. We're going to talk some good Brewers, bad Brewers. Corbin Burns, Devin Williams, Christian Yelich offers some predictions, and we're going to have a great show for you today. So right off the bat, Alex, you were talking about before this podcast just some of like the, the the things you notice when you're looking at the players wins above replacement stats. And for those baseball fans who may not be super familiar with the term, this stat is most often known as war. It basically means how good that player is relative to a guy who's like league average, you know? So so anyone who has a positive war is essentially better than average and anyone who has a negative war is worse. And, and really, the Brewers have a lot of guys who are, you know, have some really good WAR numbers, especially on the pitching side. Alex, do you want to just give us a little synopsis of what you're seeing in, the, in those stats? Yeah. So, just running down the top ten Brewers in wins above replacement, which I think you'll notice as as the names I read them off, kind of are like the overall players and how they've played this year. So, I'll just go down the list. Top ten. Let let us know, Brewers fans, if anyone shocks you. Number one, Corbin Burns. He's got a 5.7 WAR. And that is actually tied with Brandon Woodruff, who also has a 5.7 war, which is an absurd number to be up in the fives. That's uh, two borderline Cy Youngs on the same team. Just, you know, that's exactly what you would have guessed. You know, those have been the top two Brewers players all year. And, uh, you know, they're really better than average. They've proven it. And that's why I feel great heading into that first Braves game is Corbin Burns, He's the Brewers' first ever ERA champion. So, you know, give a round of applause to him there. Uh, really feel good about having him and Woody coming on the mound those first two games. Number three is Freddy Peralta. He had a 3.7 war. Freddy kind of, you know, had an okay second half post All Star break, but he was dominant pretty much all year. Down the and, and as a young player. I'm just happy for Freddie. I've always rooted for him, and just to see him kind of put everything together this season was, it was it was a joy. I really uh, I find a lot of joy, and he's one of those players that is very uh, passionate about the game. You can almost see it on his on his sleeve. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. So Team Freddie checking in at too. number three. Yep. Team friendly deal. Number four, Willie Adamas. Talk about the trade of the year, maybe KJ. You know, shortstop Willie Adamas. Ah, uh, to the Brewers really changed the Brewers culture. It, it was a culture shifting move that opened up the offense, and he has a three point five four. So he's the top position player for the Brewers this year. I, I just the, want to stop you right there, real quick, because you said something that really uh, made me think. Brewers fans, let's take it back to the vibes of twenty eighteen. Right when the when the Brewers really finished the season hot, Christian Yelich won an unbelievable tear and and had and won the MVP. And the Brewers faced the Colorado Rockies in the opening round. And we, you know, we were, we mowed through them like a freight train. Well, you know, that that postseason was incredible. You know, we we ended up going seven games with the Dodgers. It, It was one of those times when you would walk around the city, you could talk to anybody about Brewers. You know, they have a Brewers cap on, or even if they didn't. You could just say, hey, how about those Brewers? And everybody had something to say. Well, the following year, we made it back to the playoffs, but it was a regression year. You know, we weren't quite the team we were that year in the following year. Christian Yelich was was hurt. You know, Josh Hader was blowing saves left and right. Trent Grisham had the, uh,
1: the infamous, infamous, you know,
0: botch in the outfield that literally cost us the game. And you know but we made it to the playoffs so you knew that the vibes like the the team wasn't quite as good as the previous season and then there was last year the bizarre covid shortened year where the brewers did make the playoffs for the third year in a row but that team too had chinks in the armor where it wasn't really the same fire the same level of you know world series attitude as those colorado rockies really it was continuing into this season uh, prior to the Willie Adamas move. That was a complete turning point. Like you said, culture shift. And now this Brewers team, in my opinion, is the best Brewers team ever. So it's like it feels like it's World Series vibes or bust. And it's almost like the talent and the stats and the record and the vibes in the locker room back it up. So, so just wanted to really, really emphasize that Willie Adamas, to me, was like a a big turning point that kind of you know yeah we were making the playoffs but it's like we weren't exactly as good and as competitive as that Brewers team that went seven against the Dodgers and this year I see no reason why we can't so so let's do it let's win a World Series uh, who's number five on the team number five Colton Wong talk about a great addition from Stearns bringing him over from St Louis always love to see. St. Louis lose a talented Gold Glover, and Colton Wong also busted out the bat for the Brewers in 492 plate appearances. You know he had a 783 OPS, 14 home runs, 50 RBIs, elite fielding at the second base position. Everything you could ask for in that trade. He's fifth in the Brewers on WAR at 3.3. Check Quick note in. on that. Quick yep. note on that. There were there were um, whispers that. When the Brewers lost out on Justin Turner, who the Dodgers reportedly offered very, very, very similar—if not the exact same—you know—terms as the Brewers did, but but he chose to go back to the Dodgers. Familiarity, nicer weather, whatever he wanted to say. Well, there were whispers that Mark Adanasio kind of like told the front office, like, "Hey, you know, get someone," and, and he kind of gestured him towards Colton Wong. So so maybe there's truth to that, maybe there's not, but there are whispers about that. And boy, was that a great move. Like you said, uh, subtracting that player from St. Louis, subtracting the bat at a a defensive position that is second base, while also subtracting the gold glove defense on the defensive side of things and adding that to us in the division. I mean, we would not have wanted to see Colton Wong as part of the St. Louis Cardinals on that 17-game win streak. No Brewer would have wanted to go up against him because he's a darn good player and he's got the Brewers on his uniform now. So really, really, really happy Colton's here. Once again, a great move by Stearns. Uh, You know, a great salary. Yep, and I think, you know, Colton Wong is kind of, he's flown a bit under the radar in his first year, but he's just consistent. He's a good player and he proved that for the Brewers. And so hopefully he just provides that consistency for the bats in the playoffs. That's what I'm looking for him to just kind of be that, Veteran out there, savvy vet. Yep, number six tied actually with the war with Colton Wong, so you could put him at five if you want. But that's Josh Hader, three point three. You know, Hader had arguably, I would say, the best year I've ever seen him have. But yep. he's had some amazing years. Josh well, he Hader mixes up his pitches now. Yeah, and and Josh Hader is just he's just a complete closer, right? So he finished with uh, thirty four saves, but he had a one point two three ERA. And a hundred and two strikeouts in just fifty-eight innings. It's every year you just wonder, is it possible that this guy could strike up more guys? And <laughs> he, he just continues to do it. 15.6 K9. That's what is how many K is hater averages over nine innings? And what what is another stat, like an advanced stat that shows you how important hater is? Well, I brought it up in a previous Ike Brewers podcast, but there's a stat out there called championship win probability added by pitcher. Wow. one of these in-depth metrics. And number one in that list is actually Brandon Woodruff. But if you go down the list, it's starters. You know, it's all starters. You got Bueller, you got Wheeler, and then you got Josh Hader at number five. And so Hader is like one of these players that can really help a team win a World Series based on these advanced uh, analytics. And I almost feel like Hader is this... Trump card that the Brewers have this year, um, and his momentum—it it doesn't feel like that year where he was blowing saves. KJ, it, no, it, feels well, like it isn't. It, it isn't. feels lights out. Hater mode. And uh, well, let's talk about that for a sec. Yeah. Josh Hader was throwing only fastballs in that season, where where a lot of he people was. were in denial. They they were like, oh, you know, it's just location. It's just location. If he can just throw his fastball and and just throw his fastball, it's like talk to any baseball player out there. These guys are major league hitters. They will time a, a fastball if it's two hundred miles an hour. You know, like maybe maybe I'm exaggerating <laughs> a bit there, but it's like you gotta be able to switch speeds and throw off the rhythm. It's all about timing. It's a huge timing game. And really, I'm gonna go back to to the 2016 World Series Chicago Cubs. You know what kind of closer they had? Aroldis Chapman. You you think about these guys like Kenley Jansen, right? These these really 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 powerful power arms of, of years past and and you know helping teams reach these new heights and stuff like that. Well, the only closer that rese- like Josh Hader resembles that he really should be in the same sentence with that kind of accurately is a parallel to him is a This Chapman. Elite Agreed. elite, you know, what you would call an 80 fastball from the less so- the left side with a wipeout Slider, a Roldis Chapman. He ain't like Josh Hader. This is no Trevor Hoffman, you know. This is no volume pitcher, this is no Eric Gagne, this is no Solomon Torres, this isn't even Francisco Cordero. This is a Roldis Chapman type player, and it's a secret weapon, you know. Like you said, he's kind of he used to be a starter in the minor leagues, he used to be a multi inning guy. Well, he's settled into the closers role now. He's not saving anything for the, the multi-innings. Maybe we'll see that in the playoffs. I wouldn't be opposed to it because, you know, you're going to see starters pitch probably stacked, referred from sources uh, close to the Brewers locker room. You know, council will look for him to stack these starters, just if, if that's what it takes to get a win. Uh, but also, you know, Josh Hader, like he's using his gas. You know, he's like, oh, I don't want to save my arm for next inning. He's like, no. I'm gonna obliterate these hitters, <laughs> and I'm gonna walk back to the dugout. <laughs> I'm gonna fan them. That's how I call it because these guys are swinging and hitting air when he pitches. Exactly. Um, so keep going. They're praying. Uh, but number six or seven after Hater, I think this one will surprise people. Luis Urias. Hmm. He had a really strong like finish to the season. I think the way he got off, you know, if you think about back to the beginning of the Brewers season when. There, Arcia was still around. You, you're wondering if Luis Urias was ready yet because he got off to a horrible you know, start on offense. And it's one of those things when you see a shortstop start off horribly on offense or a young prospect, you just wonder if they'll ever recover, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Luis Urias turned it around. His OPS actually finished cage, 789 on the whole season it's Incredible um, on 570 plate appearances. So this guy, he actually led the Brewers in plate appearances. So Luis Ruiz, yeah, he's a mainstay. And he had 23 home runs, 75 RBI. So really, really a solid bat. Now I don't think anyone's taken him lightly in the lineup. And I, maybe it was the Adamus move that kind of lit that spark under him uh, and I think it was for the best because checking it at number seven, that's that's really great to see. And his he's so young, so shout out to him. Number eight, Avi Sale Garcia. He had a 2.9 WAR, the Brewers' best power hitter. And I don't mm-hmm. um, I don't think anyone can really argue with that. He finished with 29 home runs and 86 RBIs. Uh, any thoughts, Cage, on Urias or Avi Garcia? Well, Urias, like you said, I think he got here, you know, relatively new environment. Uh, just a lot of pressure, you know, and I think uh, they brought in Willie Adamus and said, hey, you know, we're going to play it mostly at third. You know, you're going to move around the diamond, obviously, but just know that it's not just you. You know, we do have other options, like just kind of play your game, and, and he, he embraced that, and like you said, you know, he had a great year for us, another above-average bat at a premium position. Yep, and he could play multiple positions too, so very cool. Number nine. Eric Lauer, two point three WAR. He really shocked me. I think of all the players I was expecting to, you know, become a playoff option at the beginning of the year. If you would have told me the Brewers would be having Eric Lauer, who would have a three point one nine ERA, I would have said, "Who?" You know, like and it's and it's just kind of trade, yeah. Another testament to these moves that David Stearns has been able to make. To prepare the roster for this year. Even when Freddie's kind of slumping. You got Eric Lauer who's picking up that slack. You got Adrian Hauser who's picking up that slack. And uh, great depth there at the pitching for Lauer at number 9. And number 10, the final guy on the list, Lorenzo Kane. 2.2 wins above replacement. Cannot quantify all the things he does for the Brewers cage. Any thoughts on Lorenzo? Well, here's the deal. Lorenzo's doing that in only 257 257- played appearances in only seventy eight games. So if you double that, like Lorenzo Kane is putting up a darn good year. You know, he he, he kind of did the most production uh, relative to games played besides Willie Adamas. And uh it's just good, you know, we need him. We kinda like I personally wasn't expecting anything from Lorenzo Kane just after these last two seasons. Yeah. And you know, he's the kind of guy like when he first got here, you're one of his deal it's no coincidence we went to the NLCS, you know, and um, great Tremendous defense, defender. Yeah. World Series leadership, World Series experience. He's going to help us uh, in more ways than, the, than can show up in the box score. And if he can give us anything, it's it's going to be really, really, really beneficial to this Brewers team. I've got one more stat on Lorenzo, and this this Brewers fans is just mind-blowing to me. At 35 years old, right, Lorenzo Cain just playing 78 games, Led the Brewers in stolen bases. He had 13 stolen bases. Not a ton, but he's still got it. You know, he's still robbing home runs. He's still contributing. (laughs) And a lot of people want to write him off as being too old. But this might be, you know, there might be some magic still in there. Some playoff magic. So don't rule out Lorenzo Cain. That's the top 10. Thanks for letting me read that off, KJ. Any final thoughts on the Brewers' top 10 players this year? Well, I just want to say one more thing about Corbin Burns because – there was this tweet we made earlier in the year, and and we've been following Corbin Burns since the prospect days. You know, he he came up. Uh, I believe that was two years ago, the first year when they juiced the baseballs, and he ended up getting destroyed by the home run ball. You know, a lot of Brewers fans might remember that he didn't really come back that year. You know, he was kind of like, oh man, this is another prospect we we ruined. Blah blah blah. Upwards like, of five ERA. Oh, it was bad, and and really. He was a great, great, great prospect. And we're talking, like, top 30 prospects. So the Brewers just don't have a lot of pitching prospects like that. He was a top prospect for a reason. And then you could see him starting to put it together. And actually, just to backtrack even further, in that year when we went to the playoffs, went to the NLCS... Uh, you know, he had like a 2.7 ERA in like 70 innings out of the bullpen. So, so like, you could see this the, the potential and talent in this guy. And early in the year, you started to see him put it together as a starter. And I said, I, I posed a question, and a lot of the baseball world got offended by this. I said, Jacob DeGrom makes like $35 million a year, and Corbin Burns makes $608,000. who would you rather have? We might even take Corbin Burns. And a lot of people were like, oh, you don't watch baseball. You don't know baseball. It's like, well really all we do is dig into the stats and you know follow this team so that's false but really I'm just going to read down Corbin Burns uh you know sample size this year because he should win the Cy Young 28 total starts 18 quality starts a 0.94 walks hits per innings pitched whip the second lowest in the MLB a 2.43 ERA that's lowest in the MLB as you said the ERA title And 234 strikeouts in only 167 innings, 12.6 K-9. That's first in the MLB. You know, when Jacob DeGrom stays on the field and does that, like he's gotten his kudos, but don't disrespect Corbin Burns like that. He's a true homegrown ace, and honestly, he deserves to be Cy Young. So the Mets, they're sitting at home. (laughs) You got to be accountable. You got to be available, as we've heard from other athletes. Corbin Burns was those things this year. And I'm trotting him out game one. And I'm trotting him out with confidence. You know, even if he gets hit around, you, people can say they told me so. I'm rolling with Corbin Burns. You know, he's my guy. Uh, I'll defend him. He, he, the stats speak for themselves. The salary is astronomically low. Just an unreal year. Shout out to Corbin Burns. Yeah. I, I got one question for you because I just noticed this. You know, Brandon Woodruff, despite having a two... Point five six ERA Brewers fans and pitching a hundred and seventy nine innings, almost a hundred eighty innings. You know, unheard of numbers for most Brewers pitchers. Ace, he was nine and ten. He wasn't getting that run support this year that he had in the past. Um, do you think that's? Do you think? Council's is going to take any consideration in the fact that maybe the team has performed and won more games with Burns as to reason why he's going to be you the know, number one starter, or do you think it will be Woodruff? The thing is, uh, the wins loss stat not really relevant, you know. And and I remember back in the day, there's guys who would get like twenty wins, eighteen wins, seventeen wins. They always seem to win the side Young. But if you look at Corbin Burns, even eleven and five, right? Like that is a fascinating, eye opening stat. I, I really don't even look at the win loss numbers for pitchers much these days because of that um but yeah brandon woodruff nine and ten that's surprising uh ERA. <laughs> i mean all of these guys like woody burns peralta would be aces on if they were a standalone on any team and they just get overshadowed by each other which is incredible because it just keeps the you know the locker room tight. It keeps the the egos in check. It keeps the camaraderie strong, the chemistry flowing. And then you look at Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer, both guys who's pitched well over 100 innings, 3.22 ERA and 3.19 ERA. Brewers fans, that would be an ace on the Brewers for a decade prior to this pitching crop they have right now. A lot of you who have stuck with us through through those rebuilding years. You know that if we could have any starter, like Giovanni Gallardo, was incapable of doing that. We love Giovanni Gallardo; he had a great send off, but like he was kind of like an upper threes ERA guy, and and the the standard was so bad, we were just we'll take it, right? And and, and that's not even a slight against Giovanni Gallardo because he would be a great starter on a lot of teams with those numbers, but like man, you know, he wouldn't even be in the rotation these days. And, and it's just really special. The pitching's insane. The wins and loss stats for pitchers don't really worry about that. Uh, but that is, that is is eye-opening because it does speak to the run support. And and I think also Council's been known to not be afraid to pull his guys before they get in trouble. So if you look at a lot of these guys like Corbin, he's got five losses. Freddie's got five losses. Usually that means those games are kind of out of hand and in the, in the, early on. Uh, but yeah, you know that's that's really interesting. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, what else are you seeing out there? I'm seeing, you know, I just gotta, I guess, gotta address it a little bit. You know, unfortunately, fortunately for the Brewers, you know, they've done this without their MVP. Like, I mean, Christian Yelich has been there all year, but he's outside of these top players that we're mentioning, and I think that's a good thing. You know, he's going into the playoffs without the pressure of having to carry the offense or carry the mm-hmm. load by any means so he can relax up there. And he's still got that beautiful swing, so don't take him lightly. That's what I think. I think he's kind of flying under the radar this year. And, uh, you know, deservedly, but it, it's it could be a good thing for the Brewers. That's my final thoughts. Oh, I think I got one final thought on the Brewers, right, before we jump into the Braves preview. And that's... Uh, you know, a lot of people are wondering, did the Brewers peak too early? You know, did this end of the season kind of, you know, will that funk up the Brewers? And just if you think back to 2018 when the Boston Red Sox, who went 108 and 54, won the World Series, you know, had a great year, they actually went 3 and 5 in their final eight games. So it wasn't like they had gone into that playoffs 8 and 0 and then they just steamrolled everyone after that. And on the flip side, they played the Yankees in the NLDS that year, and the Yankees were a hot team that year. And then the Red Sox just beat them three one. So you got to take into account that some of these players have been resting. Council has been thinking about the playoffs. It is all about the playoffs at this point. So um, I think you know it's a fresh start. It's like a new race, as you would say, Cage. It's like a sprint this time. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's something we got to kind of take because. Getting a seven days off in baseball, that's unheard of. And so these guys are going to come into it kind of fresh on both sides. So I just want to throw out there, and I'm optimistic about the Brewers' chances. Yeah, I mean, just one more point on Christian Yelich. Like, he still has that intimidation factor that we see with Brian, you know, Ryan Braun had all these years, shout to Ryan Braun. Uh you know, he, he's he's going to benefit from people taking him lightly. And and we see him impact the game in so many ways, whether it's diving catches in the outfield, whether it's triples he's hitting. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. You know, he, he can do some crazy things, and he wants to win. You know, he, he's got his deal. Uh, he doesn't need to be competing for a contract anymore. He needs to just be competing for a World Series. And and really that's kind of the mindset of the Brewers. Like, you know, they, they, they as soon as they clinch the division – Uh, It's all about getting ready for the playoffs. So that's the approach they've taken. We're excited. You know, the bats are well-rounded. The pitching's well-rounded. Let's talk about the Braves real quick because they're a very talented team. I've kind of been saying don't sleep on the Braves. And Braves, you need to know, is they're actually without their almost Christian Yelich. So you think back to the Brewers' playoffs, um, you know, two years ago when Yelich was hurt, unfortunately, in the month of September – well, the Braves have a superstar themselves in Ronald Acuna Jr., and he talking about WAR, right? He played in 82 games and he had 3.6 wins above replacement, wow. so he's wow. on pace for a 7-2 WAR uh, season. Um, just an incredible player. He had 24 home runs. He's out. You know, he's on the 16. Or, sorry, the 60-day DL. And who do we have to then focus on? Well, the Braves have these great players. They have really four strong bats. Uh, Ozzy Albie's. 30 home runs, second baseman, 106 RBIs, 799 wow. OPS. That's a premium position. As great as Colton Wong is, Ozzy Alba's is probably even a little better. Uh, hopefully that's a challenge. Hopefully that's an individual matchup Colton can can look at and say, hey, I want to outplay Ozzie Alba's this series because if he does that, we can we can win. Freddie Freeman, their first baseman. He's been there for a long time. You've 900. You know, yep. 300 average. OPS right around 900. Just you know what you're going to get from him. Austin Riley, this is a new one for a lot of people. 107 RBIs, 33 home runs. His OPS is right where Freddie's is, 300 average, uh, about a 900 OPS. And then Donsby Swanson, the former number one overall pick that came to Atlanta in a trade a couple years ago. Uh, you know, he can knock the ball of the ballpark, too. 27 home runs, at 88 RBIs. But if I look at the Braves' bats... I see just an opportunity here because this is a team that isn't at full strength. Yes, they've adapted and yes, they've played better, but the Brewers have won many more games. Uh, you know, and they're without their best player. Like that is huge, as we saw in the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. yes, it was only a one-game playoff that the Brewers had to face the Nationals in and unfortunately lose two years ago when they were without Christian Yelich. But you want to be able to trot out your lineup with full strength, and, and the Braves are missing their perhaps their biggest bat of all uh, in Ronald Acuna Jr. I would say don't sleep on Austin Riley, though. The third baseman's got a 6.1 war, 33 home runs, 107 RBIs. This this middle lineup for the Braves, when you have three guys in the upper 20s uh, in terms of home runs, four, four guys, and you're missing your best player, Ronald Acuna would for sure have over 30 home runs if he had played the whole year. They've got a deep offensive lineup, so it'll be about keeping the ball in the park, I think, for the Brewers pitching staff. Um, and I think the real place the Brewers have the advantage is in the pitching, right? Because oh, yeah. if, if you look at the Braves, they're probably going to throw out Charlie Morton. You know, 37-year-old starter. You know, he, he's got a 3.34-year array. Hope and a prayer. He's a hope and a prayer at this point. You know, 37 year old this is like a past Brewers starter almost going out there. <laughs> you don't know how he's going to perform in the playoffs. And Will Smith, the former Brewer, is their closer. You know what he brings to the table. And uh, he had a 3.44 ERA. Talented lefty reliever who is, you know, just not as talented as Hayden. Um, yeah. I, w- I would say, like, you look at Aaron Ashby, you look at Will Smith, like, maybe Will Smith is more polished, but, it, you know, two very similar guys in terms of stuff, right? Like, Aaron Ashby, he's he's a lefty who's going to have to ascend to a role. We're going to get into that Devin Williams situation a bit, but uh, – yeah, I mean, fascinating to see Will Smith back on you know back in our line of sight, and just we're going to probably have to contend with him at, at some point or another. You, we have a massive advantage in the pitching category. You know, it's not just about the the fact that Charlie Morton has this three three four ERA, the fact that he's you know got this four point two wins above replacement, this low WHIP, but it's like, does he have the stuff that a Corbin Burns does, that a Brandon Woodruff does? Can he manipulate his fastball the way that a Freddie Peralta does? He can't. But what he can do is, you know, mess with hitters timing and he's an, he's an older player. Like you said, he's been around the block. He's had to evolve, no doubt. And it's something to keep an eye on. They also have Max freed, a former top prospect. Who's kind yeah. of put it together at the major league level. He's had an era in the lower season. Um, you know, Ian Anderson, another guy, 128 innings, mid threes, ERA. Uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, for them also punched the wall and, uh, I mean, it's it's really nothing to laugh about after going through this, but uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a sec. But yeah, I think the Brewers, you know, we do have uh, we do have the the deep advantage in the pitching side. I think the offense, you might want to say the Braves have a little more top heavy offense. Like, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be so uh, opposed to saying they've that. got a like, meet. They've got a middle. They've got a, line. they've got a strong yeah. middle of the order. I uh, Don't see on Travis D'Eonara, the catcher, either. He, he's just one of these guys who's always been able to make a clutch hit. Uh, hard to stay on the field for him. But I like the Brewers' depth in the, in the lineup, one through nine, better than, like, Atlanta. I, I do think they have a stronger meet, middle of the order of the lineup. But I think the Brewers' pitching, as we've seen time and time again over, you know, decades of sample sizes, good pitching beats good hitting. And that's why I'm confident. Uh, Al, do you have any final thoughts for getting to maybe – um you know Devin I, Williams situation I think we got to get into the Devin Williams situation now just the time and I almost have a question for your Brewers fans was that not the dumbest thing you've ever read in your life when you saw that news that was the dumbest thing I've ever read in my life when I saw that news in terms of a sports sports update right <laughs> I, I I looked at my phone someone threw it in the group chat and I had an adrenaline rush go through my body I was like We've seen a lot of stuff with Ike, you know, whether it's whether it's just like stuff that comes out in the public, whether it's you know behind the scenes, maybe a, a player giving us. We've some seen intel. our shit in our days. <laughs> We've seen some stuff, exactly. We've heard some stuff. We've kept a lot of stuff that you know is private. You know, thankfully we we keep it private because that's how you build trust. But like this Devin Williams thing, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Why on earth would they not make up something? Like the Jonathan Lucroy story, his his I wonder wife if they dropped the suit. It. A wife dropped the suitcase and it fell off the bed and it broke Jonathan Lucroy's hand a few years ago. I mean, did it really? It was happen? a boxer break. It was a boxer I doubt break. It. I doubt it. And just a rewind for Brewers fans who may not be caught up. Devin Williams essentially came out and said, "Hey, everybody, um, I'm deeply disappointed that uh, after the celebration, I, I basically got too drunk. I became upset and I, I punched a wall with my pitching hand." I, I tried to pitch through it and I realized my hand was fractured, and now we need to have surgery, and I might, might, might be able to make it back for the World Series. It's like just a catastrophic mental error, lack of controlling your emotions, whatever it might be. How do you even get angry like that? You know, I guess it's alcohol. I, well, whoa, but well, it's, let's, yeah. let's, it's the alcohol, but like, let, to be honest, Bruce fans, I'm just going to say what I think. I think he cold cocked someone in the face. And I think they're fighting that behind the scenes. I think this is something where his pitching hand met someone's eye socket and they're they're making it up as if that was the wall. There's there's probably a settlement behind the scenes. Um It had to be bad if you come out with the wall news. Like, it had to be horrible. Like admitting you couldn't handle your liquor. I mean, dude, do you know what kind of pressure that you know, like it, it's just we, they know, like the Brewers fans, sports fans know how bad that is because frankly there hasn't been anything like that. I think it's I think it's worse than what we're being told, and I think uh, the only thing that could be worse than what they said is if it's a human involved, you know. And uh, man, I mean, the the good news is is that it doesn't appear to be another brewer, right? Like, let's say there was a fight or something. Thankfully, no other brewers got a black eye or something, right? But, <laughs> but why on earth? That's the biggest question. Why on earth would you come out and destroy your reputation? Because this is going to live with him forever. Yeah, you know, well, it's like he, he's gonna he's gonna go to agent management. You know, he's gonna he's he, it might have just been one slip up one time, but he's gonna have to carry this on his back because that's unfortunately the way the you know the this the weight of the world is put on these guys these days, and and everybody makes mistakes. But man, like you've got to be preventing these mistakes. The reason these players make so much money is because you know you're not really supposed to be making mistakes like this. You're supposed to be doing whatever you can to keep that arm iced, right? Like literally they treat these arms like it's a hospital patient, you know? Like yeah, like I, I don't it. know like attending to their every whim and it's like the fact that you can just disregard all of the trainers, all of your own like, you know, taking care of yourself and everything by just slamming either a wall or maybe it was, wasn't was a wall. I don't think it was a wall. I think that's a cover-up. It's just so disrespectful. It's so disappointing. You know, it, it's like you really can't defend it. And, I mean, honestly, he deserves all the heat coming his way. You know, we, we could use him. Aaron Ashby's going to step into that role. I personally am not comfortable with uh, Boxberger getting with in that, that role. I would rather have Ashby in there, but look what you did, Devin Williams. You got to throw a rookie in here. Who's actually a starter who has had some experience in the bullpen, but now this is what you made us do, you know? And, and I'm, I have no doubt that if there's adversity, Devin Williams, isn't going to hear the last of this. And, and frankly, it's, it's, he's, he's brought it upon himself. It was, it was so bizarre. The fact that David Stearns was there too, um, you know, definitely supporting his player and making that news conference, but like, Probably to like ensure that nothing crazy was said. You know, honestly, there's there's yeah. signs all over this. If you've been around for a longer, longer time, like you, you're, this was like there was some some funny business going on here. Like, whether it was a cover the up? Pres- <laughs> yeah, the press conference, the story, like the the pieces don't necessarily fit. If you're playing detective, and all I can say is that Devin Williams, man, I can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it, man. I mean, you were one of our best players. You're the rookie of the year, and it's just sad. It's sad. Like, I'm disappointed. I'm sad. Like, can I change it? Can I magically heal his hand? I can't. Neither can any of his teammates. Neither can the doctors. And it's like... I mean, what else can you possibly say? It's horrible. I think the only thing uh, you can say is that at least it wasn't Hayter, you know? (laughs) At least it wasn't Corbin. Yeah, because Devin Williams you meant he's vital you know setup up man and he really connected the the starting pitchers to the he was rookie of the year for crying out loud he he's one of the best bullpen relievers in baseball um he's got a nasty changeup and he really just gives that brewers that like second punch that when you hit him with hater you also got devin williams who's a righty to kind of counter that in case you need him and now it's just kind of like you got to burn a card. You know, it's like you're playing a game and you, you got all these great cards in your hand, right? And it's like, oh, you draw one saying that you have to burn a card. And you look at your hand, right? And you're like, okay, Corbin Burns, gonna need him. Gonna need, uh, I'm gonna take, you know, Colton Wong, Adamus. And if you had to burn one, it's not the end of the world. I will say that. Devin Williams is not the end of the world, but man, yeah. did you mess up? And, I, I'm looking at your teammates because you kind of let your teammates down. You know more than anyone, you, not, not just the fan base, but more so the teammates who are just like, "Dude, that changes the trajectory we were just on." And uh, it's unfortunate casualty of just the way the world works sometimes. It's, but if you, that, it's even worse yeah. than unfortunate. Like that's the crazy thing, Bruce fans is there are really not words to describe this? And maybe you can, maybe you can. Well, I don't know. I mean, we really don't want to bring this up again, but like, it's just, I don't, I've ever never really seen anything words. like it. Yeah, yeah. I've never, It's crazy. And, uh, especially and. at such a vital moment and like in the celebration, I think a lot of Brewers fans are just like, what, <laughs> you know, like, and I think that's why there's no sympathy here is just because it's such, it's a bad press piece. If you could ever have a bad press piece and we'll leave it at that and move yeah, on. Yeah. Like it's. I mean he's taking enough heat as it is. Like we, we had to give our peace, but we're not gonna continue to beat this dead horse. Um yep. <laughs> so, so let's bring it back, Alex. I want to hear yep. your prediction for the series. My prediction, right? And this is this is what I think's gonna happen. I think the Dodgers are gonna beat the St. Louis Cardinals. I think the Saint Louis Cardinals were kinda like the Brewers, a feel good story a few years ago, get into the playoffs, don't have the talent to beat to beat the uh Dodgers. So I think it's gonna be Dodgers Giants on the other side. But I think the Brewers are gonna come out 3 1. I think uh if I if I had a you know not a better, but uh you know I, I do feel confident in this Brewers team as the better squad. Who who wouldn't take this pitching in mm-hmm. Milwaukee as well as just the chemistry and I trust the most in Craig Council. I think he's like a, a factor we didn't really talk about today much, Cage. That Council is one of those managers. I have utmost trust in, and I can't say that about every team that I've supported. That's like been a championship team. For example, Coach Bud, right? Um, if you're if you're also a Bucks fans, um, you know Coach Bud. I didn't have the same confidence in him entering the playoffs as I do in Craig Council, and, yeah. and I think uh, that's something we didn't talk about. And I think Craig Council is. He's reliable, you know. He's gonna do the prep. He's gonna get the matchups. He's gonna know everything. And David Stearns too about this. This is like where these guys shine right now. And so, I think leading behind their leadership, this Brewers team is is gonna win this first series. How about you, KJ? I think so too. I think the Brewers are gonna win three two. I think we are going to suffer a bullpen collapse, um, and it's really gonna get rough. But I think we are the the better team, and I think that. At the very least, the Brewers are headed back to the NLCS. Um, You know, I think we're going to get through the Braves. Uh, On the other side, I I don't know what's going to happen. I could see it going either way because it's a one-game playoff. But I think the Brewers are going to prevail over the Braves. I I think it's not going to be a sweep. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. But I think there is going to be adversity in the form of, you know, we're going to probably drop a game and it might take an extra game. Like, I think there might be one game in this series that – we could have, you know, I just I foresee some adversity coming up as, as there probably will be in the playoffs. But I predict a three-two uh, series victory from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, it's probably going to go five, honestly, and and that'll have us on the edge of our seats. We can't wait to be with you guys every step of the way. We might even have something special for you guys Ooh. coming up soon. So keep in touch, Alex. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Enjoy the wild card games, Brewers fans. You know, that's exciting. Don't have to stress about those this year. Uh, We've got a, we've got a five game series ahead of us against the Braves. So, you know, this is playoff time. This is a great time to be a Brewers fan. And thanks for tuning into the show. I uh, appreciate, you know, everyone checking in all year and, yeah, just we we've made it. We we're back in the playoffs. What a, what a feeling! What a time to be alive! Thanks for having October me. October baseball. What a time to be alive! Thanks, Brewers fans. Make sure to tell a friend about the show. We'll talk to you guys real soon. Till next time, fear the beer.